I want to talk to you today, um, mainly about the days in, in which we're living. We've, uh, we've almost seen so many of these days that somehow I think they may be becoming common to us, yeah. and especially if you're not as old as me and some of the rest of us. We saw a different time. We saw a different age. We saw a time when things were pretty well normal. Didn't mean everybody was getting saved, but uh, it did mean that we had freedom of religion. We had freedom of speech. We had a lot of freedoms that was given to us by our forefathers. And I'm here to tell you that I'm going to keep my pet. And I'm going to keep it wherever I'm at. And when I go to be with Jesus, I know that I'll have it then. Can you say amen? amen. Now, we're seeing some great and terrible things happen today. I, 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 you can't, I can't tell you how many times I've said to God, God, I wish, I wish that guy that ever invented a television just didn't exist. And it was a good thing back then, and you enjoyed it, and it lasted sometimes like three hours at night, and then you cut it off. And uh, everything was clean, no profanity. Everything was family-orientated, it seemed like, when it came on, most everything. But today, it's different. We ought to call it the television. Because I want to tell you, that's what it produces more today than it ever has. And things are not going to get better. Things are going to get worse. Because we see these great and terrible things happen. Destruction of things that once we held so dear to our life. Uh, but I'm going to try to bring out some things today. As far as us as Christians, uh, the how we live till Jesus comes or how we live till we die. I do believe that Jesus is, is soon to come. We cannot, if I say nothing else, we cannot let this world affect our Christian beliefs. We cannot. Now, you may think the devil is putting this on and that on for this purpose, is to bring the church down and make the church lose the power. He knows the scriptures just like you know the scripture. In fact, he probably knows them a whole lot better than we do. He even used the word of God on Christ. So we know that he knows it. So what he's trying to do today is get our minds off of Jesus and get our minds on this lost world. When I say lost, I'm not talking about souls. Because I'm telling you, this world is going to pass away. And the lust thereof, the Bible tells us. And I believe it with all of my heart. 2 Timothy 3, 1 and 5. Timothy, Timothy is writing about the coming of the Lord. Not the second coming when he's going to set up his kingdom. But he's writing about the first time when Jesus comes to rapture the church. And he gives us uh, some things that's going to take place for men shall be lovers of their own selves. 
This is where it all starts. Whatever I read to you here on, this is where it starts. It starts with us loving ourselves, wanting our own things, wanting our own ways. Men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, wanting things, boasters, look at me, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. I'll tell you something else. These parents have a lot to do with that too. Hello? Unthankful. Unholy. Without natural affections. Truce breakers. False accusers. Incontinent. That word means the loss of self-control. I'm telling you, this world does not have any self-control anymore. You see it, you hear it, that's the way it is. It says there be fierce, means savages, like savages, just terrible people, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, mean headstrong, high-minded. Here we are with all that. We're lovers of pleasures more than we are lovers of God. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such, Paul said, turn away. Stay away from it. If we're not living in the last days, I don't want to be here when it comes. And as I said at the beginning of this message, some of you young people can't appreciate that statement as much as some of us older people are. Because we have seen how it was and how it should have been, and now today we see how it really is. We're here. The day has arrived. I'm here to tell you just some of the things that went on this past week. And I'm not talking about integration and segregation. I'm not talking about any of that, okay? Because God, there's neither black nor white or pink or yellow or green or orange. Come on. But what I am telling you, they're using things to try to destroy the freedom of speech that we have. Why are they doing that? Well, go to Canada and find out because that's the way it is in Canada. There are certain things that they'll put me in jail and fine me $250,000 if I sit behind a pulpit. It's called hate speech. Hello? Oh, that can't happen to America. Well, I'm telling you right now, the devil hadn't give up on it. We need to realize that my message today is to you, whatever I say is to tell you, don't let it affect you. Don't let it infiltrate your life. It's very easy for you to do it. These people you hear about shooting people, they weren't always the type of people that went around shooting people. 
but they let things get in their life and it became more hatred and more hatred and more hatred and believing more lies and more lies until they take a gun and kill people. You said, that can't happen to me. They probably thought it couldn't happen to them 15 years ago. I'm, what I'm trying to say to you with all of my heart today and what God has laid on my heart, don't get involved with the things of this world. We're so, I, I, I don't really know how to say it, but we're, we're so uh, at the point where we, when we talk about the world, we're talking about what movie to go see or what to, not to do or what to do. no. That's not what we're talking about, the joy, the Lord Jesus Christ, if it can, and to pull the godly things out of men and women's heart. Don't get involved with them. Hallelujah. Don't get involved with them. We're living in a generation where Isaiah said in Isaiah 5 and 20, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitterness for sweet and sweet for bitterness. We're here. It's not coming. We're here. And we need to understand it. Paul tells us in 2 Timothy 3 and 13, but even men and seducers shall wax worse and better. No, that's not what it says, is it? They shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Our colleges have taken our young people and brainwashed them. While we sit around here and fill our thumbs and give them the money to do it with with our taxes. I've got something coming in a little bit. Just hold on with me. It's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. They're, they are using that old bullfrog effect. I know y'all have said it a hundred times. I know most of you here where they cook a bullfrog. How do you cook a bullfrog? You don't throw him in hot water because he'll hop right back out. But what they've done, they've put him in lukewarm water and they continually turn the heat up on him gradually and gradually and gradually until they cook him to death. That's what they're doing to America. That's what they're trying to do to our Christian beliefs. I'm here to tell you we need to hold on to even to the place where it means if they take our life or not. You need to get to the place where you're willing to die for the Lord Jesus Christ. After all, he died for you. And there's no death that you'll ever go through as bad as the one that he did. Because you see, we deserve death. And he didn't. Get out of the pot before they get the water too hot. We are at the day that when we're seeing the crumbling of the United States of America, and I know that saddens our heart. And I can also tell you, as goes America, so goes the world. But not goes the church. That's what I'm glad of. I'm glad I was born 
in a little old mining camp called Colina, Alabama that don't even exist anymore. I'm glad I had the parents that I had. We're so poor, we didn't even know we were poor. Hello? If Jesus stares, you're going to get poor again. But the sad part is you're going to know you're poor. They're coming, and you better make up your mind to it. You better decide which side you're on. There's an old song we used to sing. In times like these, we need an answer. Man, I wonder what they'd write today. In times like these, we need an answer. Well, we have the answer. It's called the Word of God. There's nothing the devil can come up with. It's nothing this world can come up with that's not covered right here in the Word of God. He'll tell you how to overcome in all things, not something, but in all things. He teaches us how to overcome. Romans 8, excuse me, Romans 13, 11, 12 says, And that knowing the time, that now it is high time that we wake out of our sleep, for now is our salvation. He's talking about the coming of the Lord now. Now is our salvation near when we, when we believe. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. As I said, I'm glad I was born in America. I'm glad I had freedom of speech. I'm glad of all the things that we have had. But God gave those things to us. We used to be, I don't, I don't never say that we used to be a holy nation. But I will say that we used to be a whole more, more godly than what we used to be. I love to read books that's written in the 1800s and by men of God and how the fields were white for harvest and how they walked out there and it didn't make no difference whether it was a lawyer or a doctor or whoever it was. They to see if there's going to be some kind of miracle. Hello. We're not supposed to be looking for signs. We're supposed to be looking for him. Amen. He's coming. I'm sure that he's coming with all of my heart. I say he's coming. I am glad for the many rights we have. But God has not called me to choose sides in America. You hear me? And we do it. One group says a little bit more what we like than what the other group says. And that group is saying some things that some of the other people like. If the truth was shown before Jesus Christ or by Jesus Christ, they're pitting us against each other. That's all that it boils down to. This one says this one, and this one says that. Donald Trump is not going to save America. Do you hear me? Nobody is going to save America. America is not going to fall. 
it has already fallen. Drive around and look. See what kind of influence. Oh, zero. Hello? Are you with me? I got some powerful scriptures I'm going to bring to you in just a few moments. God hadn't called us into the political arena. He hadn't told, told us to, to vote Republican or Democrat. You want me to tell you a little secret about them? It ain't 10 cents worth of difference in any of them. Hello, they all are there to get their own little personal gain. And if you could drive up around Washington, D.C. and part of, of uh, Virginia and see what they live in, not $100,000 home, but million-dollar homes. You know why they don't want the swamp drained? Huh? Because they're afraid somebody's going to flush them down the commode. That's what it all boils down to. There is no hope in this political world and we need to wake up to it and get our eyes back on Jesus Christ. He is our only hope. Hallelujah. Our only hope. Paul says again. No, let me read this. I'm about to miss one of my good ones. Jesus is about to be crucified. He's in front of Pilate. Pilate's hunting a way to get him out of all of it. His wife come to him. He said, don't do, don't, don't do anything to this man. I've, I've suffered terrible dreams today because of him. So Pilate began to try to figure out how to get Jesus out of all that. There's one little thing standing in his way. Politics. Politics. There's always been politics, and there always will be politics till Jesus comes. Amen? But during all this time, this is what Jesus said to Pilate in John 18, 36. My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to, uh, to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from thence, not from here. You know what they want you to do? They want you to join sides, get your guns, and go up to Washington, D.C. and see how many of them people you don't know anything about you can kill. You say, that's a little bit way out. You think so? It's not. The devil comes not but to kill, to steal, and to destroy. That's why he is here. That's what his job is as far as he's concerned. To rob, steal, and kill. And that's what he'd like for us to do with each other. It's not but one alternative to all that, and that is the love of God. Come on. It's not hate that should drive us, but it should be love driving us, the love of the Lord Jesus Christ that he gave himself at Calvary for you and I. 
Ephesians 5, 14 and 16, wherefore he said, Awake, again, awake thou that sleepeth, and rise from the dead, and Christ shall give you light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Go look up the word circumspectly. You'll find out what it means. Redeem means to make good what is ours, to make it good. In times like these, we should have one thing on our mind, maybe two. You get the first one on your mind, the second one takes its place. The first thing that we should be looking for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to be excited about it. What you see all these things taking place that we think is so terrible, every one of them is crying out, Jesus is coming soon. And he's going to straighten this world out. Can, can, you, can you say amen that? He's going to straighten this world out. I'm glad that he is coming. If Jesus is coming, it means another thing. The Antichrist is not going to be far off. So we got a very, the second thing, the very short period of time, we should be emphasizing winning the loss for Jesus Christ. Hello. It's not what position you hold in the church that you're going to be rewarded for. The main reward is going to be how many people you tried to win to Christ and how many people you did win to Christ. There's going to be rewards for working. I don't want you to line up and quit your job today. But I'm here to tell you that what we need to be emphasizing on is souls that are lost. And don't think that what's going on today is not having a bad effect on them. So we need to have a good effect on them. We need to try to save this world, save America, save other countries. First Corinthians 15, 51 and through 58. I'm going to read you some scriptures now. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. You know where you hear that mostly at? The funeral but I'm telling you, it's for us today. It's for us to, to, to focus on. He said, in a moment, in a twinkling of eyes, the last trump for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed, we that are alive. For this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall put on incorruption and this mortal shall put on immortality, then shall be brought the past the saying which is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Come on. That's what excites us. For as much as you know that our labor not in vain in the Lord. Paul says again in 2 Thessalonians, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the gathering together unto him, 
that ye be not soon shaken in mind, nor be troubled, neither by spirit, neither by word, neither by letter as from us, as the day of Christ is at hand. Now, what's he saying? Don't be disturbed by what you see. Let no man deceive you by way first. Let the man of sin be revealed. Who is the man of sin? The son of perdition. Who is he? The Antichrist. He's alive and well on earth today, my friend. He's already working in Europe. He's kind of standing in the background, but he's here. And he's getting it all ready. Daniel, thousands of years ago, prophesied what I'm talking to you about. And what did we see 15 or 20 years ago? Europe, the old Roman Empire, coming together. The one, the Antichrist is going to rule over. Hello? If anything should ever shake us and wake us up, it's what we see over there. Much more than what we're seeing right here. The Antichrist, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God, or that is worship, so that as he is God, citizen of the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Can I stop just a few minutes? I know it's later than what some of you want to say, but I'm, you just have to get up and leave, I guess. L- listen. He opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped so that it is that he is God's system. Now when the rapture takes place, the coming of the Lord is two events. I hope you know that. It's a time when he comes and he raptures the church, he raises the dead, and you wake up in the morning and you find out about it. And you think, oh Lord, I've been going to church all these years and I'm not ready. Be you ready for in such hours you think not, Amen. he comes. Oh, I, wished, I just wished I didn't hate old sister's thin and thawed like I did. Hello? I'm going to call and see if she's gone. <laughs> what? Evidently, <laughs> she didn't hate him. Her. But after, after all of it's over with, as far as we know, or as far as Christians know, and the effect that it has on Christians as far as being left, things will settle down and things will get better. He will cause the craft to prosper. That's what the Bible says about the Antichrist. He'll make things get better. And if you're not careful, when you miss the rapture and you made up your mind, I'm willing to die for him, Jesus. I'm going, I'm going, because there's going to be a multitude of people 
that's going to serve God and come to God in the middle of the tribulation period. The only one little thing about it, they have to die. And you say, boy, I'll do that. If I miss the rapture, I'll die for him. If you won't live for him, what makes you think you're going to die for him? Hello? But there will be a multitude of people that will see what's going on and they will die. Read over the book of Revelation. Who are these? These are days who come out of the great tribulation period. Who are these? Oh, well, these is one to live for God before the rapture of the church. They're the one got all them crowns on their head. Hello? They're the ones got all those great positions in the kingdom of God. Heaven's going to be wonderful. Amen. Ain't going to be no more hurting backs or cancer. Do you hear me? There'll be no more sickness. There'll be no more pain. There'll be no more problems. There'll be no more trouble. There'll be no more attacks from Satan. You hear me? Oh, hallelujah. Praise his holy name. Paul said, remember you not that when I was with you, I told you, I told you these things, and now you know what withholdeth, but that he that revealeth is in his time. For the mystery of iniquity has already worked. It was working in Peter's time. Listen. And, and only he who now let will let us till he be taken out of the way. And then shall the wicked be revealed whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and wonders, lying wonders, and with all deceitfulness and unrighteousness, in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. For this cause, God shall send them a strong delusion that they should believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Paul goes on to tell us it's almost time. You said he wrote this 2,000 years ago. Well, what he writ to, had written 2,000 years ago, the signs wasn't the same. Behold, I, excuse me, but I would not have you ignorant, brethren, 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 and 18, but I would not have you ignorant, brethren, concerning those which are asleep that you saw or not, even as others which have no hope. For if we die, if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that they that we which are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord shall not prevent those that are dead or asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive remain shall be called up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in there. And so... So shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Hallelujah. Everything you see going on in this world, every time you turn on television and you see all this political junk going on, I'm here to tell you, look behind the sign because it's really said, Jesus is coming soon, hallelujah. He is coming back to this earth for you and for me. Don't let him distract you from the things of God. 
Oh, hallelujah. But until the Lord comes, we've got to occupy till he comes. That's what Jesus said, occupy till I stay busy. I wonder what we do if a, I mean, an angel come in and said this morning, okay, now I'm going to tell y'all, the Lord wants y'all to know that Jesus is going to come next Wednesday at 6 o'clock. I wonder what would change in our life. I wonder if those kids we've been praying for, we would start agonizing for. I wonder if those parents that we know is not living for Jesus, would it be one of those prayers now, lay me down to sleep, pray the Lord my soul to keep if I die before I wake, praise the Lord my soul to take. Would it be that type of prayer for them? Or would we push away the table and we'd get down on our knees and we'd pray as he prayed as his sweat became his great drops of blood? Would we really agonize? Well, there's no angel going to come and tell you when. All we can do is look at things and know that they're very close. You're going to see people falling away. I see it today. They're going to these sickly, friendly churches where nothing ever supposed to happen bad. God, God forgive them. God help them preachers. That's what he's talking about in the last days top had come up. Don't worry about no, everything is fine and wonderful. Oh, you don't understand. I got cancer of the liver. That's okay. Just be happy about it and everything will be all right. And he goes in there and puts a check mark by your name saying, I'll be getting rid of this in poor long. You think I'm crazy, but I'm not. I'm telling you they're in it for the money. They're in it for the glory. And you don't need to be fooled by them. I've had them leave this church, go to some of them. Pray for them. Don't criticize them. Don't run them down. Pray for them that God will open their eyes that they may see. I'm not saying this is the only church that's going to make the rapture church. In fact, probably some of you are not going to even make it. I just hope I'm not one of them. I want to make it. And I made up my mind I'm going to make it. Jesus is coming back. I know it's getting long. Preachers can tell when you get tired of it. I'm going to tell you, we're in the era of the church of the Philadelphia church. You know what it reads into the angel of the church of Philadelphia? You know what that really means? Unto the pastor of the church of Philadelphia. Not the angel. Read, look, just do your best. You know who's responsible to get the word of God out? The pastor. 
unto the pastor of the church of Philadelphia write, These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth, and he that shutteth, and shutteth, and no man open. I know thy work. Behold, I have set before you an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not, but, to, but do lie. Behold, they will, I will make them to come and worship before your feet and to know that I have loved thee. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I will keep thee from the hour of temptation. What's he talking about? I will keep you from the tribulation period. You stay true, you keep my word, and you won't go through the tribulation period, which shall come on all the world to do what? To try them that dwell on the earth. That's the tribulation period, friend. That ain't something that's happened. It's something that's going to happen. Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. Him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God and you shall go no more out and I will write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God which is in New Jerusalem which cometh down out of heaven from God and will write upon him my new name. And he that heareth let him hear what the Spirit saith to the church. Listen, Paul said, listen what he said in 2 Timothy 4 Seven through eight. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I've kept the faith. He didn't say that I didn't have any problems. He didn't say that I never got sick. He didn't even say everybody I prayed for got healed because they didn't. One man he left in another city said so I left him there sick. He was going to come with me, but he's too sick to come. Hello? You ain't running this thing. God is. I've kept the faith. Henceforth there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord the righteous judge shall give me in that day and not to me only but unto all them that love his appearing. We have a lot of sickness in this church. And to me, if it was one, that would be a lot. I had perfect health just about all my life. I'm telling you. Times I would go to the doctor about something, he'd say, you ain't been here in three and a half years. I don't need to be here in three and a half years. But let me tell you something. I had very little compassion on people who were sick because I didn't know what it was like to be real sick. Oh, I had my appendix stuck out when I was six years old. I even had a brain operation when I was 10. Some of you think I might need another one. <laughs> but I'm talking about my health. I had good health. Let me tell you why you get sick sometime. Not because you sinned, but you might learn to have compassion on others who get sick that you might know how to pray for them. After I had my open heart surgery, my health changed dramatically. 
I doubt, I won't, a case I might miss, I doubt that there's a night or a day that goes by that I don't pray for the sick. And if I catch myself praying for me, I'll switch it. I'm telling you, we have a responsibility to God. We have a responsibility one to another. And we don't owe this world one single solitary thing. I don't owe the Republican Party anything. I don't owe the Democrat Party anything. I don't owe the Independents anything. My, what I owe, I owe to the Lord Jesus Christ because at the age of 19, going on 19, I knelt down and gave my heart to Jesus Christ and I became a brand new person. You might not like me the way I am now, but I'll tell you, you really wouldn't have liked me. Would they, wife? <laughs> I never had an argument. I never argued about much. I just punched you in the nose. <laughs> Hello? I won a lot of battles in my life because I hit first. And I think sometimes that's what we need to do to the devil. We need to hit him first. We don't need to wait for he comes around. Maybe we need to fast before people get sick. Maybe we need to do our intercessory prayer before we see the needs. Paul fought a good fight. He finished the course and he kept the faith. I know we're always talking about not letting the good things, what we call the pleasurable things, but there's some bad things out there that's worse than some of the so-called good things they have to offer. Love not the world. I mean all of it. Don't love their hatred. Don't love their division. We are one in Christ Jesus. Revelations 22, 20 through 21. He which testifies these things says, Surely I come quickly. Amen. John answered, Even so come, Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be on you all. Let me say one thing, and I'm closing. Don't stand up. If you stand up, Paul will get me at church. She's not even here. I'm, all, I'm home free. <laughs> she don't. My wife will. But let me tell you something. Jesus is coming back. He said these words. Talking about the great patriots. These all died in the faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on this earth. For they that say such things declare plainly they seek another country, another country how good any country they can't come close to heaven
Nobody getting killed. Nobody lying. Nobody stealing. Nobody cheating. Everybody loving one another. The blessings of God. I don't know where you had to cut the grass, but I'm going to tell you, you probably wouldn't have to cut it about once a year. Hello? I like cutting grass. My wife fussed at me all the time about cutting grass. You know, you kind of get by yourself. Somebody says something to you, you say, huh? <laughs> Gives you some quietness. Now, you women don't understand that. Us men, we understand it, don't we, brother? We understand quietness, don't we? We like to be quiet. We like... My wife likes to talk. I love her. I won't close with this to tell you no mistake not to make. We used to live, we lived in the same house. We worked the same building at the power company. We drove back and forth. Now, God gave me a built-in thing where I can cut you off, okay? <laughs> My grandkids has got it. They can be watching television or something, and you can scream at them. They won't even turn their head. Right, Jessica? But we was going to work one day. We're almost there, and she, she asked me a question. And I didn't know what it was. I wasn't listening. <laughs> I just said, 50-50, yes or no, huh? <laughs> I said, Yes. Yes. <laughs> no, I meant no. <laughs> yes. You hadn't been listening to anything I've said the whole time I've been in the car. I thought, this is a wonderful time to tell her that she talks all the time. <laughs> Sounds good, doesn't it? I mean, just going to leave women shaking their head no. I said, Mary, do you know that you've been talking the whole time that you've been in the car? So we just pulled up at the Alabama Park. She said, open the door and let me out, and I'll go in the front door. You don't have to worry about it. I won't be saying nothing to you more and more. <laughs> hmm. Got in the car that afternoon at 5 o'clock. How was it? <laughs> Look at her. <laughs> just endure it. Don't say anything. Love your wife, even as Christ loves the church. Amen. I got a good wife, and I love her. I'll probably hear from this when we get home. <laughs> Jesus is coming. I said, Jesus is coming. This world's on its way to hell. I'm not going with them. I don't care what they promise you. What they say they'll do for you, it's a lie. It's a lie. Get your mind on Jesus. Do you hear me? You get people talking, well, I don't think Trump's going to last. I don't care what Trump lashes or what. I don't. I'm serious. My, I, I know who is going to last. Amen. And his name is Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Stand with me. Okay, Troy, you almost got it. I pastored Troy in the 80s, and he said, when are you going to preach one of them Oliver sermons? Well, I took out the time because 
the seriousness today. God teaches us to love one another, not hate one another. Go vote. I vote. But I'll tell you how you're going to vote. You're going to vote for the lesser of two evils, what you think the lesser of two evils. But boy, when I cast my vote for him, how wonderful it is. How great it is. Because see, he's not going to be president when he comes back. Now some of you are going to be kings. And some of you are going to be priests. But when he comes back, he's coming back as the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Isn't it going to be wonderful? Wouldn't it be wonderful if you knew right now that Jesus was sitting on the throne of David in Jerusalem? You could cast away nine-tenths of your words even while you're here on earth. He's going to cast them all away. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, give you time to come. That's, as far as I know, that's what I'm going to do. I don't know what the Holy Ghost is going to do, okay? But you're here and you don't know Jesus. Get ready. He's coming. There are going to be people on their knees confessing their sins when Jesus comes back. Isn't that wonderful? And there's going to be some sitting somewhere thinking, I've always, I've always most everything in my life, I've always been too late. I can't tell you the good deals I passed up on money too late. But I'll tell you what I hadn't been laid on. That's my Jesus. I'm on time with him. You mean you'd die for him? I would think it'd be an honor. An honor to die for Jesus Christ. I would have no fear whatsoever in my life. I've even asked him, Lord, let me die for you. love him but greater than that he loves me and he loves you and he's proved it so many ways